Welcome to the official Cell Talks podcast brought to you by the Conference on English Leadership, or CEL. CEL is a collaborative, dynamic, discussion-based forum for literacy leaders organized under the National Council of Teachers of English, also known as NCTE. Every year and in every episode, we honor conversations around text, speakers, and big ideas. We believe it's essential for leaders to maintain and move conversations. Welcome to the conversation. Thank you for subscribing and sharing our Cell Talks podcast. I am Josh Flores, your host for season one. Each episode was recorded live at the 2018 Cell Annual Conference in Houston, Texas, and features speakers, keynotes, and members of CEL, the Conference on English Leadership. We hope our conversations ignite and support conversations with your colleagues at your schools or wherever you may be listening to this. It's a great PLC tool if you want to introduce something different to your PLCs. I think it's a great support tool for that to start conversations that maybe you are already having or want to have. And uh, we hope that you find all sorts of unique ways to use these podcast episodes. It's chock full of information. I had a lot of fun uh, just talking shop about our profession with professionals this year. And I look forward to continuing this podcast series. Speaking of sharing and continuing conversations, if you would like to know more about CEL, you can find us on the Twitter at at NCTE underscore CEL. Or you can search for the hashtag CellChat, C-E-L-C-H-A-T, and you'll find our members using that hashtag and sharing and having conversations. You can also visit NCTE.org, the NCTE main page, and find us under the Groups tab. Here is where you can get all the information and get prepared for our 2019 Fall Conference. It's happening in November 24th through the 26th in Baltimore, Maryland. And get this, our theme this year, creating opportunity, leadership to ignite movements and momentum. I'm excited. So, hope you enjoy that. And I hope you enjoy this inaugural podcast episode. Please don't forget to subscribe and share with a teacher friend that you love. And give us some feedback. Keep the conversation going with us, too. Engage with us on the Twitter. So, thanks again. And enjoy this episode of Cell Talks. Again. I, it looks like, am I the only woman who signed up to speak to you? Who signed up? Yes, but not the only one that's been interviewed. Luckily, thank uh, goodness. I was like, this is education. A bunch of ladies here. <laughs> what the heck? That's true. That's true. Yeah, we're a majority. But you know, like being recorded and knowing it's going to go to publication, some are scared of that. I don't know. I don't think we should be, but no. we have to embrace it. No. Right? We have amazing women leaders yeah. here who are leading all kinds of sessions. Exactly. We, we should have, be interviewed. Well, Karen Nordwall came and she spoke. Good. So that, that was good. She's good. You know, speaking Corrin's about choice. And, good. Karen's and great. And fantastic. So, but I noticed, first off, that you went to University of Alabama? I did. That's my undergraduate. Yes. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Roll Tide. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> They're the Roll Tide ones. They're yes. not the Eagles. No, no, no. Oh, that's Auburn. Okay. We don't like them. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I just moved there. That's our, I can't our really biggest rival. Track to oh, it. where where are you living? I live in Birmingham. Well, I live. Oh, in okay. Hoover, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I grew up around Birmingham. Okay. Yeah. It's beautiful there. It is really. People don't understand how pretty it is. They yes. don't. Like, I, yeah, I, it's I, very hilly. I did not look forward to it, and I yeah. was already like, you know, in the south, what you're took pretty you to Birmingham? judged. Wife's job. 
Okay. okay. But like I was talking to, oh, where was I? I was at some, oh, one of the round tables I led earlier this week. I said, I live in Alabama and like they got super snobby on me. These, I know. <laughs> they're oh, like, I'm used to it. Why would you do that? Where would you go? There? I was like, here's what you don't need to understand. Yeah. It is beautiful there. It is a I am gorgeous shocked too. state. I did not look forward to it, but. It was a step up from where I was. Yeah. So my, my graduate degree is from Harvard. And when I first moved to Boston. Really? And would tell people uh-huh. that I was from Alabama, the looks on their faces <laughs> about That's meeting awesome. someone from Alabama. Okay. They looked horrified. Um, yes. But yes, no, and I would give them the same spill of like, it's actually a very pretty yes. state. I know we have a lot of uh, not so great moments in history, but. I, I think that, you know, you know that it's, it's I, I like it. still the case. That's everywhere, though. You know, yeah, I'm from I Texas. I lived in Oklahoma. Realizing more and Some more embarrassment that it's there. a very nationwide problem. Yeah. Yeah. Alabama's a lot more purple than uh, Oklahoma was. Yeah, though. especially like the Black Belt region. People don't realize that we have a lot of um, Democrats living in huge parts yes. of the states that maybe haven't always had the same access to voting. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So, well, that's my next connection then. Um, so my wife was also a Harvard Awesome. Yeah. Grad school of education? The, where no. Did, where uh, did she go? The, 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 she got her master's in divinity. Oh, yes. So the religious school. We uh, went to some nice parties at the divinity school. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, she was probably the lame one that didn't go yeah. because well, she's a teetotaler. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, I don't know. I grew as, up Catholic. As so, an ed school yeah. student, we had fun crashing some divinity parties. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. So cool. Yeah. So you had lots of experience then. Yeah, what do I you think do so. Now? Um, so I currently live in Chattanooga, Tennessee, so only uh-huh. about two hours from Birmingham. Yeah. And I am the middle school, it's a long title, middle school <laughs> ELA district lead. So I'm doing the curriculum and professional development for all of our middle school English teachers. That sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. All the, just middle school. Yes. Which okay. is great. Uh, I'm coming from, I was working in Dallas ISD previously, and I was grades three through 12 professional development uh-huh. and had uh, over 220 schools <laughs> that I was supposed to do all the professional development for. Ooh. So now I have uh, 17, 20 middle schools mm-hmm. in Hamilton County, and that is much more doable. And I actually know all my teachers on a first name basis. I love it. I love it. Wow. Yeah. So I have 125 teachers and I go in and my job is just to support them Uh in teaching English the best they can. And how long have you been doing that? I actually just started in Hamilton County in July. So I was in Dallas until July. Okay. Yeah. So new back to Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... No, were you presenting at CEL? I am not. This is my first CEL convention to come to. Well, way to go for you. Just yeah. jump right into things then. Yeah. What has been the I'm biggest takeaway be so far? Oh, just the sense of community. I, mm-hmm. I've done NCTE and T, NCTE, and there's just mm-hmm. so many people there, and you're being rushed around in the exhibit halls. Right. A little anxious. It's great. It's fun. Um, oh, and they get feisty in those exhibit halls. I they know. throw some elbows for some free books. I know. Like, I, <laughs> and don't. Like, I got some free books. Don't get me wrong. I did too, but like I didn't fight anybody. Yeah, no, there were no fights. No, I didn't fight I'm like, anyone. I'm gonna get hit by a purse. Uh, but I, I love the community at CEL. I've already met. I mean, we just started yesterday, and I've already met numerous people that I have their email addresses. Uh-huh. I know questions I want to ask them. I have people that I feel like I'll be connected with. And yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I already looked up like Baltimore hotel rooms to make sure I can come next year. <laughs> oh, good, good, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've so already I'm, started planning, too. I was looking at the, okay, so NCT's already put out the proposal. I was like, I right. haven't even had a chance to catch my breath, but I'm ready. Like, let's yeah, do it. Like, yeah, yeah. I can't wait. So I hope to be able to present something next year. I'm yeah. excited. What do you want to present? Yeah. 
Uh, we're still thinking about it. I've I started okay. typing up some some topic ideas, but something I definitely want to go back and. Well, you sit do on. a lot of PD. So, yes. what's your favorite PD session that you've put together that you like to go and like? That's your passionate topic. If you could yeah. present anything. I, my favorite thing to present to teachers is on mentor text. I love using mentor oh. text for writing uh-huh. and really showing students and teachers how do we take a really good text that is not the standard five paragraph essay. It can be any type of text, but really take some of the great writing from experienced writers to make our students more experienced writers. Uh, so that's my favorite session to do to, for teachers. I think at CEL, though, I'd want to present on uh, maybe some of the leadership initiatives, curriculum writing initiatives that I've done within Hamilton County. And so try to have more of a leadership lens on whatever I present. I think we're still, still chewing that. on that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite mentor text to use? Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm middle school, so this is going to sound really funny, but I uh-huh. uh, I love using picture books to show some writing skills and how to incorporate dialogue into middle school writing. So I think Matt De La Pena is always a really great one uh-huh. okay. to show his picture books to students uh-huh. and you know show them. Sometimes it's help more helpful for middle school students too if you start with a picture book as a mentor text because you can actually show them. So this writing, this is a picture book. This is a book for kids. You guys are grown up now. Mm-hmm. You know you can easily write like this. And so I think it's easier for them to take that on and then build them up to writing like some of the more middle school level reading material. Okay. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. Have you ever read the, uh, it's, it's a picture book too. It's a, uh, the mysteries of Harris Burdick. I have not. No. So they're but I'm always up for suggestions. It's, they're just beautiful. Uh, it looks like pencil sketches, but you get the mysteries of Harris Burdick portfolio edition and it's not actually a book. They are just more like a series of prompts, mm-hmm. but there's just so much happening in the prompt that you could just put one picture up a day and have them respond to that in the same way. I think, you know, I haven't used it with dialogue, but that's a great idea. I'm like, now I kind of want to go back and like, I should try and use that with students practicing the dialogue. Yeah, I've done things. So practicing dialogue, I've taken um, out of uh, Last Stop on Market Street, taken all of the prepositional phrases out of of one of the pages and showed students how that affected uh, what the author was saying and how those can affect them as authors. I mean, you can do stuff around any parts of speech. Of course, that's how I want to... Anytime I'm doing grammar, it's definitely coming from a mentor text. Sure. So I like to tell my teachers that as well. We need to stop with all the grammar all the time. So it might be preaching to the choir, but you should pick up uh, 180 Days if you haven't read it yet. Yes, I have it. It is actually in my bag pretty much all times. Okay. And just in case I you know, pop in and see Kelly Gallagher on the street, I'm ready for him to sign up. Yes, I tackled him. <laughs> well, not or literally. Penny Kittle, either one. Yeah. I was lucky to, to... I got to pick up Penny Kittle at the airport um, when she came to visit <sighs> Oklahoma. So I got her autograph there and then I got Kelly's here. And so that was like a big deal. I try to get a selfie every year Uh, at NCTE with him. Amazing. Yes. I love 180 days. Uh, I've actually just purchased enough copies for all of our department heads in the district. Oh, you are going to be the favorite. I hope so. If you're not already, like you're the favorite now. Maybe not once it comes in right before winter break, but... No, it's such a good, easy read. That's what I think. Uh-huh. Yes. It gets you so pumped and jazzed to like teach some like writer's notebook style, like mentor text writing. Yeah. So of all of my uh, 20 middle schools, every single department head and every single instructional coach is getting a copy. Fantastic. So that we can do a big book study on it at our literacy meetings. Oh, man. Yeah. Love 180 days. It. Yes. Yeah. I wish I had that opportunity to like buy that from a district, but I did put together like a three hour PD on using writer's notebooks just oh, based I off love of that. that. And so I, we'll have to share resources. Yes, please. Time. See, this is what I love about CEO. <laughs> Another connection. Uh, yeah. You sound, find people that are passionate about it. I love creating professional development for teachers. I mean, yes. that's all you do. And 
you know, making curriculum in my new position, though, I get to model with students. Do you get to jump in and model in their classroom? Yes. The kiddos? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so uh-huh. I do coaching cycles. I'm in classrooms Monday through Thursday. Mm-hmm. I, I was told to make sure that I'm in school 60% of the time. I'm in schools 80% of the time. Good for you. Yes. I. The only time I go to the central office is on Fridays for our team meetings. Other than that, I'm in schools doing coaching cycles alongside teachers. I'm working with kids as much as possible, trying to stay in that work and be someone that I'm not just the mysterious person at central office, but uh-huh. all of my teachers actually know me as a resource. So what's your typical day look like? Uh, yeah. So it depends on where I am in a coaching cycle. Uh-huh. If I'm at the planning phase, then I'm typically going to a couple of different schools and doing planning sessions with teachers where we're planning what they making goals basically with teachers. So what are goals of what you want your students to look like as readers and what do you want them to look like as writers? So individual or in like a PLCs or something? It depends. Sometimes it'll be with a grade level or it'll be with an individual teacher. Okay. Typically, if there's more than what some of my teach, some of my schools are very small. Mm-hmm. So my, some of my schools only have one teacher per grade level. So in those cases, I'm with one teacher. But typically, I will try to be with a full grade level of English teachers. Uh, and then we will plan, we'll come up with goals, and then I'll talk to the teacher about how they want to achieve those. And so that either can look like us co-teaching together. Mm-hmm. Maybe I do a model lesson. Maybe I come in and just collect data based on a lesson that we plan together. And so usually I try to do about two days cycles at each school, rotating between planning meetings and then actually implementing what our goals are. You know, I think this is something that in this position you always deal with. How do you navigate or manage pushback? Yeah. Have you received any of that? Oh, of course. Okay. <laughs> I, assu- I assume so. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Pushback. Uh, I think part of it is staying positive and really, I'm very fortunate in my role. I am not evaluative. Uh-huh. I am support for my teachers and just letting them know that I'm there to support them and chunking things in the same way that we would for students. I really chunk some information for teachers. If they're struggling with what the curriculum guide has in place, uh, trying to relate it to what they're currently doing in the classroom mm-hmm. and how they can slowly start to interweave some of the things that we have there in the guides. Uh, Yeah, I just, I let my teachers know I'm very supportive and I try to always go back to research when they're just very passionate that this is not the right thing. But so far I have been very lucky that I think part of it's actually maybe not luck. Maybe I shouldn't say say luck, but I've done a really... um, I've worked very hard to go in and build relationships with teachers before I do anything about, you know, I let them know I'm learning alongside them. I'm not here just telling them what to do. We're looking at research and best practices for kids, but I know they're bringing a lot to the table too. So I think some of it's relationship building. Well, I think probably uh, not luck. <laughs> buying in books is a good way to build relationships. Exactly. Right? I also know the keys are hard. Buying books. I buy yeah. people a lot of food. If I know I'm going to be at a school. Ooh, good for you. Okay. <laughs> if I know I'm going to be at a mm-hmm. school all day, uh, teachers know that I'm probably baking them some muffins the day before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anything I can do to try to, you know, just let them know I'm here to support them. I definitely got harassed for that because I just the uh, when I was in your position similar for in the district in Oklahoma for pre-k through 12 they would always make fun of me saying well your predecessor would always bring candy or cookies <laughs> like you don't want me to cook for you. I'm yeah. sorry, but I'll do anything else for you. I promise. Yeah. Well, I, I, I do let them know that it's not always the best baked goods, but there's a lot of love and heart oh, okay. into it. <laughs> you know, that's tasty too. You know. I let them know that I'm, you know, it's, I'm not strong at all the things. I'm still <laughs> learning, but I did attempt this recipe uh-huh. and I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really jealous you got this uh, focus on middle school. Yes. So I love that. Is that your, like, 
Is that your favorite grade level or Absolutely. which one specifically? Uh, I love, love, love middle school. So I've taught sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Mm-hmm. I spent uh, one year teaching 10th grade. It was kind of my least favorite year of teaching. Really? Sorry, high okay. school teachers. Uh, yeah. I realize I'm clearly just like way too goofy to teach high schoolers. I need to be in there <laughs> with the weirdo middle school kids. I sure. love them to death. Uh, I also had time to be an assistant principal at a middle school before. It's just, it's really my passion area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when this opportunity came up to just focus on middle schools, I, I couldn't say down to that. Do you have a preference over sixth, seventh, and eighth? Like one Not of those? really. I, you know, sixth graders are great because they're still so sweet. They kind of have some of that elementary side mm-hmm. to them. And then as the grades go up, I love that eighth graders, you can start to have really serious conversations with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then seventh graders, our poor middle child, I love them to death too. And and they're kind of a grab bag uh, of if you still have the kids that hug you or if you have the kids who are now rolling their eyes, but they're, they're unique in their own way. I love them all. So I agree with you that about the 10th grade. Like they're a little bit, you know, they're just a little bit too much. For yeah. Me. But yeah. like eighth grade is horrifying. I love eighth graders. They're horrifying. Oh, I love eighth no. graders. Although I did find <laughs> it, it, it worked out well for me when I just treated them like ninth graders. So I treated yeah. them a little bit older than that they were overall still they horrify me why i just you know they're, let's get they're, through your fear here of eighth going graders through the, i'm supposed to interview you but like, <laughs> you know they're let's talk through it going through all these changes and then they're just you know they're the top of the totem pole where they are so they're just a little bit extra obnoxious and dramatic yeah they okay they are all those things yes <laughs> And, okay. and maybe that's why I need to be in middle schoolers. I don't know. But I do know. So I would always, you know, when they got a little bit uh-huh. too much in their head about being eighth graders in the top of their school, just remind them, next year, you're in ninth grade. You're back at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And this is not. And those who are struggling, you let them know yeah. these aren't the best years of your life. I promise things are going to get better. Mm-hmm. They're going through the little moody time. But, yeah, I think that um, I always like to have a healthy uh, presence of letting them know, hey, next year, ninth grade's going to be a little bit different. Uh-huh. We need to be ready for that. we got to bring it down a notch with the air. So that's good. you got to, like, remind them about yeah. what's coming up. Right. I know you, you think you're better. big now, but sure. it's not always going to be the case. There's always someone bigger than you guys. See? That, uh, my favorite's ninth grade. I love ninth grade. All right. I okay. would always go teach ninth grade. I'll go work for you and teach ninth grade. No Perfect. Problem. Come on. Come to like, Hamilton County. Great. <laughs> it's like not that far from me. It's a commute. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just two hour commute. Yeah. It's like I, I could never find my way because as you know, Alabama like uh, trees everywhere, so I have to yes. use GPS for everything. Because I but don't if, know just jump anything. on fifty nine north, take you straight to Chattanooga. Oh, okay. You well, got whatever it. Whatever that means. <laughs> sure. Sure. Awesome. Fantastic. So, in your new position, like um, you went from uh, like the classroom to this admin position? No. So I have a very interesting journey. I uh-huh. um, I mean, it sounds like you had a, quite a few jobs. You were even assistant <laughs> principal. You did 10th yeah. grade. Yeah. So after graduate school, I was recruited uh-huh. to uh, the Dallas area for an assistant principal job. Yeah. Did not love it um, for various reasons. And then I ended up, after teaching for another year, went back to the classroom for a bit, I ended up working for the reading department in Dallas ISD. Okay. And so for Dallas ISD, I was over professional development for grades 3 through 12 in reading. Mm -hmm. And then so kind of natural transition. This job opened up in Hamilton County. I wanted to be closer to family. And so now I get to focus on middle schools. 
So I want to take it back even further. What got yeah. you into education? Yeah. Uh, well, according to my grandparents, I started teaching when I was four years old to all my cousins. Oh. Apparently, there's a lot of video footage. You can watch me at birthday parties, sitting all my cousins so down. Just on YouTube? Yeah. Sure. Uh. Not, not on YouTube yet. Okay. <laughs> um, my grandparents like to bring up the footage, but That's great. I would make all my cousins at their birthday parties uh-huh. sit down and take tests for me. Uh, so apparently, I've been teaching a very long time. Uh, in undergrad, I actually didn't major in education. I wasn't sure what I was doing. Uh-huh. I majored in English and classical civilization and then uh yeah no I mean I've always been passionate about just teaching anyone else and I love to share knowledge Uh I'm one of those geeks who loves trivia and I love like going to trivia games I just love sharing information with people I can't keep it all in and so teaching was just kind of natural natural fit for me after college now you're killing it fantastic I hope so So, (laughs) from your many perspectives and positions then I think you'd be a good one for this question Uh, what's an aspect of education that needs to be disrupted oh there's so many I know Uh, uh, I know there's a lot but an aspect we don't talk about enough like you know everyone talks about standardized testing is the devil right yeah what uh, I mean I I'm very focused on just giving students more reading and writing practice. I, mm-hmm. I wonder if we're spending, I see this a lot in my current district and in other roles I've had that we spend a lot of time, this is already really being disrupted. You know, teachers are doing a lot of the talking, but I don't, yeah. I don't think that we're focusing on much as, um, uh, how do I explain this? So when people outside of education ask me, they're like, so you're this reading specialist. What is it that we need to do to improve reading scores or improve literacy rates? I always laugh and I'm like, well, we need to read and write more. (laughs) (laughs) Uh And so then people ask me, so you were paid to just go tell teachers to have students read and write more. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I just, I see that we do a lot of activities in Mm -hmm. class. We do a lot of things that are getting away from the reading and writing. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, my big message is just how are we getting kids to authentically and actually read text and be inside of text every single day and have their own writing every single day? And there's a lot of little activities and grammar and sometimes coloring pages and things that yeah. just don't belong in our English classes as much as they are. Well, you know, we might have to edit this part out because we're going to be out of a job. <laughs> but- <laughs> I mean, that, I've fair. had this. I have had this very same conversation with my friends. Like, you know, yeah. they, they can't believe I, I got a job, the job I have now, and yes. it's like, yeah, I go in and I say what I think should be obvious. Like, quit talking so much and let the students do more talking. Right. Make them read. Yes. Make them write, um, and build relationships. Which uh, that's, I love it that that's been yes. like such a message ongoing through NCTE and NCEL is that relationships, 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 and the importance of talk and discourse. Right. Yeah. And then, Absolutely. Th- then they get engaged in the reading. Yeah. So I actually, th- I guess what I feel like is the, mo- the biggest disruption that needs to happen is that maybe in some ways this is simpler than we make it. Maybe we really, I mean, I know that there's a lot going on. We have a lot of students from different backgrounds, but in some ways I feel like if we just start really young reading and writing constantly and mm-hmm. we're staying in text, I, I feel like some of this would go away. Yeah, I think part but of I, being But I would a, still like to still have a job. Let me just Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Like, keep paying me, though. But yes, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, it's like a weird balance of, like, you know, we're either overcomplicating things or oversimplifying things. Yes, yeah. And so we have to, like, navigate that as educators. Like, what am I not putting enough time into? What am I putting th- overthinking things? Yeah. Too much, too. Yeah. And so that problem is like, 
that song's coming up. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so we can edit that part out. But yes, I <laughs> I think that we should uh, just disrupt this idea of what English classrooms look like sometimes. So what's your favorite activity to get them talking in class? Like, is there like one go-to? My favorite's yeah. called chips and salsa. Have oh, you done chips and salsa? Oh, tell me about salsa? no. Okay, well, that's no, where it's basically like A B partners. So I say, like, okay. everybody in this row, you're the chips. Everybody in this row, you're the salsa. Everybody in that row, you're guac. Everybody in this row, <laughs> you're queso. Make an appetizer bowl, and those are going to be your buddies. And, oh, I love that. Know, if we read a passage together, like, all right, chips, you go find your guac, queso, and salsa. Y'all hang out, go find them, and just mingle and talk about the answer to this question, something like that. I love that. Um, I I so, love chips and salsa. Yeah, so. I do too. Yes, oh, I would have, We can be friends. I would have extra queso in all of my classes, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, your queso number one. You guys are my queso other way. queso. I need yeah. a lot of queso. A lot of queso going on here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I love doing uh, quick writes and then having students talk about that. Yeah. I. Uh, Maybe I was too OCD in my classroom. Um, you're, you're getting me to, ref- Never you're getting me to reflect on this a lot. So I had students kind of strategically sit in pairs, uh-huh. but I rotated their seats every single day so that by first semester, you've now sat beside every single person in the class. Uh-huh. Uh, so I had them pretty much constantly talking to the person beside them, but the person beside them changed every single day strategically. So you never got too comfortable with them um, until the end of the the school year. (laughs) That's so funny. I used to frustrate my kids. I don't know if that's good or bad now. No, it's fantastic. Like, you got to keep them on their toes. They get bored. Yeah, I wanted them to have different perspectives. And so... Don't get too comfortable in class either. Exactly. I'm going to keep you on your toes. I'm consistent with what we're doing each day. You know, we're reading, we're writing every day, but I'm going to keep you on your toes about what we're talking about. So, yeah, I, I don't know if that's a good answer to your question, but... <laughs> that's a great answer. <laughs> yes, I think that's a, it's, it's good to have a seating chart. It's yes. also good to change it regularly. Oh, yeah, your seating chart should always be fluid. Uh-huh. It is I mean, not permanent. I, that's, that is one of those other, like, I think, obvious things that I've been paid to go and tell. Yes. And then it oh, absolutely. changes things overnight. It's a, a big focus of my first week through schools. Uh-huh. If there's already management issues in the first week, I ask, where is your seating chart? Great. Let me see you make one right now. If you don't have it, OCD and organized, (laughs) very structured. Good for you. Yes. Oh, I had tape on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, now that's too. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if you realize how. Yeah. I had. It was pretty duct tape. It had Uh ducks on it. My last name's Duckworth, so I I had lots of duck things. Uh Um. So it was very pretty duck duck tape, not duct tape. Um, well, good. Yeah. Your personality is reflected in it. Yes, good. absolutely. But yeah, I was a little OCD with the uh, <laughs> where children were sitting. But they were always uh-huh. discussing, always reading and writing. Have you ever done any work with the National Writing Project? I have not. No. Okay. No, I've not. You use the term quick write, and I know that's one of their terms they throw around a lot, and I just thought that's perfect. Yeah. It's like, that's how I like starting class. Yes, that was always my warm-up. I did a quick write mm-hmm. pretty much every single day as mm-hmm. a warm-up when I was teaching. Mm-hmm. And you, how'd you grade them? Using a rubric? Um, actually, they were just graded on if they kept write, if they kept writing. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, just volleyball that. Yeah, no, it was Good definitely yeah. just. Uh, they had a notebook that they kept every day. Their warm up routine was they grabbed their notebook, they uh-huh. started writing. I did not grade them on anything other than if your hand was keep continuing to move. You have a favorite quick ride or opener? Um. I would often, so usually it was tied to like whatever my lesson was doing. I would sometimes tie it to the topic okay. that we were doing. Um, I don't know, a lot of times, especially on Fridays, I would give them just like, hey guys, 
whatever's on your mind right now, whatever just stressed you out about your last class, just get it out. This That's is your a time. good one. This is your time to write about it. Uh-huh. Um, if I've made you mad this week, write about that today. I'm not going to read it. <laughs> I don't want to read it. Yeah. Get it out on paper so yeah. maybe we don't have to talk about Scratch it Scratch out the bad words. Yes. <laughs> well, well, they're middle school, so maybe they're... Oh, no, there's that. definitely bad words. Oh, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> so, no, my high schoolers. They, I no love middle schoolers. Uh-huh. The worst things that have ever been said to me, though, were definitely by middle school kids and not high school kids. But they're getting lazier now, right? Like, the slang is AF. Oh, like yeah, just, yeah, okay, yeah. They are lazier lazy. now. But, I mean, <laughs> the middle can't. school kids, I they just don't have the same filter. Like, I uh-huh. think high school kids have learned empathy a little bit better. Um, or they just, they don't care. They don't care. I, uh-huh. There were just so many times, like, if I didn't wear makeup to school, my middle schoolers would, in a second, tell me, Miss Duckworth, you don't look good today. <laughs> are, you, thinks, are you sick? Guess who gets an <laughs> F today? <laughs> yeah, right? I would always tell them, I was like, well, guys, I'm just not wearing makeup. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite self-care routine uh, for, like, teaching? I, I feel like I've usually been pretty good at self-care. Like, I haven't uh-huh. gotten super stressed out. Um, I think it comes from... I was an only child. I'm still an only child. I don't, I, I don't know where these thought, siblings yeah, came from, right. I'm mentioning. But uh-huh. uh, I think that I've always been pretty good at knowing when I need a low t- alone time. And mm-hmm. so I usually take time to decompress after school when I'm driving home. Uh, my husband knows me very well and knows that there may be a while that we just don't talk when I get home. And that's okay. Everything's fine. Yeah. I just need that time to, like, either watch some some trashy TV or play, like, a <laughs> video game, and uh-huh. that's okay. I just need my own space. Wait, you're a gamer? Oh, yes. Okay. Well, we're going to sh- yeah. continue this conversation, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And my husband makes video games, so. What? Yeah. Yeah, but I play more than he does. So, ironically, I think I play more video games than my husband, and he probably reads more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to have to we'll, deconstruct we'll this. We'll also cut more. this part out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's awesome. I, I read a lot, uh-huh. and my husband just reads so much. I mean, he, like, ran through, you know, Game of Thrones is huge, and he ran through yeah, those books. Yeah, that's, that's, like, notoriously, in, like, like a week X. or two, and he read every single one of okay, them. Okay, what a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, this has been a really fun conversation. Yes, I've had a great time talking so, to you. I appreciate it. I think we got to go get, looks like we got to get ready for our Ignite sessions, but. Well, I'm ha- happy about that, I want to share so much with you, like, resources. Yes, and, and now we're connected. Great part totally of CEL. Connected. Yes. Yeah, Fantastic. awesome. So, all right. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. Uh, Until next time, take care of yourself, take care of your students, and take care of each other.